The Revised Common Lectionary is a three-year cycle of readings, year A, year B, year C, with each year beginning on Advent 1, the Christian New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Every Sunday, we read the set of lessons appointed, along with many other churches from other denominations, including the Lutherans and the Methodists and the Presbyterians, all reading the same lessons all together. And in this way, we cover most of our Gospels and a good portion of the rest of the Bible in three years. Today, we are beginning the three years cycle afresh with the first Sunday of year A. As I preached my first sermon in Christmas of 2001, I am beginning my eighth spin of the cycle. Far more significant than that, though, the last time we read the lessons for Advent 1, year A, was December 1st, 2019. That was the last Advent 1 when we gathered together without caution. It was the last Advent season that we had a regular, is it ever regular really, a regular Christmas pageant. Three months later, just as Lent was unfolding, history split into pre-pandemic and everything since then. Every generation alive on this planet has been marked by this shift in worldview in a way that nothing has ever marked us. And we were totally unprepared. This Advent One Year A brings with it for me a little bit of nostalgia and maybe a lot of grief. Remembering the time before everything went about as haywire as it could possibly go. I have been flooded in recent days with memories of the excitement of Advent 2019 when we were more or less sailing on smooth seas here at Christ Church. I have distinct memories of the beauty of the last Christmas before everything slid so far sideways. We had no idea what was coming. Advent in the church is a time of ushering in the unexpected. We know that if in no other way than from these readings that we hear this morning, while the rest of the world out there is beginning to hang tinsel and put wreaths on their doors and wrap up gifts and welcome the baby Jesus with stories of the manger, we are hearing about the end of days, the second coming. We are being told that we should be preparing for a new way of being. And we are told that every year, every single year, every lectionary cycle in every gospel, 
every advent begins not with the lowing cows or the wise men or the blessed yes from Mary's lips, but with therefore you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Advent begins with the reminder that part of the Christian walk is to be ready at all times to receive God's disruptive, in-breaking presence into our lives. And we are reminded that we don't really know what it will look like, when it will come, how it will change us, but change us it will. Year A is a Matthew year. The Gospel of Matthew was written to a Jewish Christian audience, that is, to a group of people steeped in Jewish tradition for whom the Jewish roots of Jesus and Christianity would be very important. Unlike his brother Gospelers, Matthew never explains Jewish law and practice. It is assumed. Jesus' lineage is referred back to Abraham, not Adam. Jesus is portrayed by Matthew as the ultimate interpreter of Jewish law. All of these point to Matthew's ultimate concern. Jesus is the messianic fulfillment of the Jewish prophecy. In his portrayal of Jesus as Messiah, the gospeler Matthew situates Jesus as an atypical king. His lineage from Abraham to David is shot through with royalty, but his beginnings are lower than the lowest peasant. His miracles and healings are actually small in impact, and they affect only the most marginalized. Jesus eschews the trappings of physical wealth and bids his followers to do the same. Jesus is a surprise in every conceivable way from his beginning to his end and then beyond. Our assigned reading for today, this first day of Advent, is from the end of a discourse in which Jesus is preparing his followers for life without him. Part of their life after his death will be to remain prepared for God's return and reign on earth. But even still, Jesus reminds his disciples then and his disciples now that God's return will be unexpected and fraught with complication. Like a thief in the night. Now, my friends, we are used to complicated and even unpleasant images of our atypical king. The homeless infant, the angry rabble-rouser that flips tables in the temple, the tortured and bleeding prisoner hanging on a cross. But the son of man as one who slithers in under the cover of darkness to cause havoc in our homes while we sleep, to steal our self-satisfaction and our reliance on earthly wealth, to rob us of the illusion that our worth is tied to our belongings and accomplishments, that thief, my friends, is a scary one. 
We don't want to think of our Messiah as disruptive to our lives like that. But maybe that's exactly why Jesus is giving us this uncomfortable metaphor. The people in Noah's time did not bother to disrupt their everyday lives to listen to God breaking in. Jesus wants to make sure that we don't fall into the same complacency. Prepare for the coming of God. Prepare for the way of the Lord. The implication of the thief in the night analogy is that the return of the atypical king is not going to look like what we expect. If we think we have a lock on what religion should look like, if we think we have Jesus all figured out, then we are in for an unpleasant surprise. But if, on the other hand, we approach with our hands and our hearts wide open, if we approach the world with curiosity and hearts ready to be broken and to be mended, if we empty ourselves of all preconceived notions of God and train our hearts to expect the unexpected, then we will be able to receive the real Jesus with joy when he appears. Not as the perfect baby in a manger. That has already happened. But the coming of God in a new way, maybe as the thief in the night, or maybe as the complicated political candidate, or maybe as the reclusive neighbor or the petulant child. Or maybe God will sweep in with a pandemic like the air we breathe, infiltrating everything, upending everything we know, breaking in, tearing up, causing us to call upon patience and gentleness and knowledge and creativity we didn't even know we possessed. We don't know. We won't know. And so we prepare, not by trying to solve the mystery of where and when and who, but by opening the doors of our hearts to new experiences that will stretch them and make them, a la the Grinch, three sizes larger to accommodate anyone that needs to be loved for exactly who they are, no matter how unexpected. And then we prepare by flinging open the doors of our church, not to welcome only those who walk in, but so that we will walk out of those doors, carrying this unexpected, atypical king out into a world that needs a message of upturning upending unexpected love. And so here it is, the work of Advent, the recalibrating of our hearts, our hands, our minds, and our voices to do the work of preparing first for remembering the birth of the infant Messiah, but also for the extraordinary 
inbreaking of the Son of God into our church and into our lives. Prepare ye the way, my friends. God is coming. Amen. <laughs>